Hello, welcome back to the second part of the Week 11 Review here at BBWHQ, the doghouse. So Mike, you want to start us off, take us for the half-time team talk. Do you want the sports question or the silly question? I think you know the answer to that. You want the silly question? Yes. Are you sure? Go on. I want to know what your favourite euphemism for a vagina is. I'll give you mine. The pink velvet sausage wallet. <laughs> Sorry. Sausage wallet killed me when I read that. So I'd like to know if anyone can top the pink velvet sausage wallet. Paul. See, I had ham wallet. <laughs> Sounds like a sandwich. <laughs> I think I'd really like the sport question. <laughs> can we go for the sport one now? No, it's too late. I want You can have the sport one afterwards. Kirsty's not listening, so you can choose what you like. And John, your mum doesn't listen, so you can choose what you like. But his dad might listen. Yeah, he's probably got one. Text it in. Oyster ditch. <laughs> <laughs> the tampon tunnel. <laughs> See, you, you should have just, you know, discussed this with me in the first place, and you wouldn't... Squish mitten. <laughs> Yippee bog. Is someone on Urban Dictionary... Pitch Finkel. The vertical smile. Cannonball the fiddle cove. Ooh la la with the pork steeple. The gut if I get you in the loop. <coughs> wow. You did the same thing as me, did Yeah. Whenever you want a euphemism, I always think I'm going to go to the Bloodhound Gang. And, um. Uh, yeah. And you get a picture of Fat Chris up as well. <laughs> looking good, looking good. Nice. Yeah, his Vikings have done well. So should we go for the sports question? Yeah, uh, I, I want to know what you realistically think England's chances of winning the Ashes are. Because it starts, I think, on Thursday night. I think England are going to win the Ashes. Oh, How so? I think... By winning more than the Australians. Because I know neither of you Farrow brothers know anything about cricket. Or cricket? Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about the Rugby League. I know. We beat, we beat the Aussies in the Rugby Union. To me, that's the Ashes, that's the Ashes I care about. Uh, everything else can go suck a dick. Well, I'm going to point I'm going to try and answer this properly. Whisker biscuit. <laughs> Fuck. <coughs> Go ahead. So I think that the Aussies will win it. And I think they'll probably win it 3-1. I think there might be a draw, depending on the weather in Brisbane. Mm. And I think that we might get a, a win at the end of the series in a dead rubber. <laughs> like a discarded condom. <laughs> Fucking rubbish. But yeah, I don't. I think, think you're probably right. Yeah, I think I think we're in real trouble. I make it three one to the Aussies as well. I think we've still got some good players. Yes, two. Great players. Yeah, but there's only two of them. I don't. Even, I don't think it's a great Aussie team. It doesn't need to be. Though, no, that's it? what I'm saying. But I don't think it's a great Aussie team. But I think I think we will lose. I don't think we've taken a strong enough team to tour in Australia. I think I if agree. we're playing in the UK. We would win. I think if we had Ben Stokes, we'd have more of a chance. Yeah, and I think if we had Ben Stokes and we were playing them in in the UK, we would win that series because the teams, neither of them, are amazing. And Test cricket, you know, the bigger question really is what is happening to Test cricket, and because it is it is dying, 
Yeah, the crowds are shrinking. Um, it doesn't fit in with the modern world, is what's happening with Test cricket. It just doesn't fit. Nobody goes to watch five days of sport anymore, do they? No, I, I think the only way they make it survive is to make it a four-day game. I think it should be a four-day game as well. I like the way Americans have described it, where who would watch five days worth of sport where nobody wins? Or has the potential for nobody to win five days of a draw? They watch baseball, don't they? Ah, uh, but that's only nine innings. Or <laughs> yeah, only. I, I don't really get baseball. I've tried. I don't get it. But Play rounders, it's all right. <laughs> very much the same. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I was... John, you've been very quiet. I mean, you don't uh, really... I know you don't follow it, but... I know. Uh, I, I, and the thing is, I'll get into it once it starts, but... Not unless you've got BT Sport, you won't. Yeah, that fucked me off as well. you cannot watch it anywhere. Even if you're paying damn good money to watch TV like I do. I can't watch... And me. Actually, it, even the highlights? highlights are on BT Sport. It's oh, fucking then I disgusting. Then I, then I, I was pissed with that and my Sky account. I was not happy. Luckily, I've got some disgustingly illegal online uh, way of viewing stuff, so I'll be watching it through that. They're putting it on Pornhub. Yes, they are. Um, Can I use your login? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's taken me a a while to get a certain level of filth into my suggested searches. And uh, where John usually goes to watch them to get a pounding. Taking up a sticky wicket. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on, John. Take control of this podcast. Um, Yeah. So no one cares about cricket. So let's move on. Uh, Rams at the Vikings. Yeah, this uh, this went well for the Rams and their offense that was averaging thirty three points a game coming into this. Yeah, the uh, Vikings were conceding seventeen point two per game and only conceded seven, uh, beating the Rams twenty four seven. This was a really close game until they scored two touchdowns back to back, didn't they? And I think the third yeah. quarter, the end towards the end of the third quarter. Yep. Um, and qu- quite interestingly, how many games has Goff actually orchestrated a comeback in this year? None. None. Mm. So, They've so been, far, yeah. he's been ahead in every single game that, that they have won. won. Yeah. So, he has not yet actually had a comeback win. So, um, it showed a couple of things. It showed that the Rams are great front runners, but actually against a team that also has a superb defence and an, and also a good offence, maybe the offence wasn't quite as good, but I think it showed that potentially the, the Rams' defence doesn't quite stand up to some of the others in the league. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair assessment. I think the Rams look like a team that are about two years away from being proper contenders. They they might well win a game or two in the playoffs, but uh, there are much better looking complete teams out there. Uh, but Todd Gurley leads the NFL with eleven touchdowns, uh, and opposing him was Adam Thielen on the other team, who matched Randy Moss's output through ten games for the Vikings of nine hundred yards. Now that's impressive uh, for yeah. a guy who was what, was he undrafted Thielen? I, I don't think he was drafted well, very high. Paul said he'd been in the league for four years, isn't that right, Paul? Yeah, I was having a look at him during the half time, and I think he's a player that's getting amazing yards. But I was amazed he's only had three touchdowns this season. Yeah, I think that's probably because they've been running most of the touchdowns in, haven't they? With uh, Dalvin Cook and, and now Murray, and they haven't lost a game since Cook was eliminated for the season. And what you often find is that the main targets in the open field are not the main targets in the red zone. So if they're getting touchdowns from red zone positions, then you don't often find the number one wide receiver gets them. So, for example, the Steelers, um, Brown caught up a bit this week, didn't he? But before that, Juju Smith, miles ahead, touchdowns. Um, Julio Jones doesn't score touchdowns anymore. He scored one touchdown so far this year. 
because they put them on double coverage all the time. So Phelan's the same, you know. And actually, a lot of the time, these great wide receivers are great at stretching defenses, yeah, they find and then they hard. actually find a way to get free. Yeah, they and find it hard to create separation when they're so tight in the red zone. Yep. I mean, you still have to look at Phelan's stats, and it's impressive. I mean, he's he's got three hundred yard games this year, and he's got five grabs in all ten games, and no other player can say that so far this season. Yeah, he's done. I think he's been outstanding. And the thing is, to relegate Stefan Diggs to being number two receiver on the team, you've got to be good because Diggs is really good. And I got a feeling they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm going to go now. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I mean, is that going to be the worst pun of the of the day? Oh, no. Yes, I, I doubt wish. it. Yeah, I I, I'm not convinced. Yeah, Latavius Murray for me has been brilliant since Cook has gone down. 15 carries, 95 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, I think he's been outstanding. And um, they've got McKinnon as well, who can also you know, yeah pass catching back yeah. really yeah. Uh, well, McKinnon came into the game a bit more as well this week, didn't he? I think, and, and they did yeah. definitely. And some of that was because they were ahead. Um, but yeah, I think it was just a case of two teams that were in a very similar position and it turned out that the Vikings had a more balanced team and, and a better defence and it, it, it came down to that and then Goff could not respond No Cup though did drop what would have been a field stretching catch it went through his hands and that would have allowed them to climb back into the game if he'd got that they'd have been within touching distance of another touchdown uh, I thought I don't think this was on Goff at all. I think the Vikings just absolutely dialed the pressure up on everything. Their defence was outstanding. I don't think it's on Goff, but if you'd have put Rodgers, Brady... An experienced quarterback. Yeah, an experienced quarterback yeah. in that position, potentially they could have turned that round in the last 10, 12 minutes. Agreed. Because I think they were two scores back with something like 14 minutes left yeah, on the clock. Yeah, yeah. So they easily had time to... Score a touchdown, get a stop, score another touchdown. And I think it all just went a little bit, you know. But he'll learn. Um, is anyone at this table prepared to say Case Kingdom loses two games, throw in Teddy Bridgewater? I think it'd be so hard on Case Keenum. Unless he has two awful games, I think it's harsh. I, I'm a Keenum fan uh, this season. I think he's been. I think he's come in and he's done a good, a really decent job uh, why would you, unless they, unless he has two, you know he has, he has a he has a or he has a game like Peterman, then you know he he doesn't deserve to be chucked out. It'd be nice to see Bridgewater back, but I'd feel really bad for Keenum. I said last time that, and then Griff touches touches on it with Bortles all the time that there are regular season quarterbacks and there are playoff quality quarterbacks. Now we don't know how fit Teddy is, but if they want to think about using him for the playoffs then in some way shape or form he will get game time in the next two to three weeks whether that means he comes in the last quarter whether it means that they bench Case Keenum for you know in two or three games time if they think that they are secure in their playoff position Teddy Bridgewater will be back in that team because in some in some form because they will want to see both options they have for the playoffs they have three And I think that's fair enough. I think that's completely fair enough. If they've done all the hard work to get there, that franchise hasn't had a chance of winning a Super Bowl for quite a period of time. So I think that's perfectly reasonable. They've paid a lot of money for Teddy Bridgewater. Well, they're paying him a lot of money. So actually, they think he's the best quarterback. So 
why would you not look at him? You can't be sens- You can't be that sentimental. I don't think. And I know you're an emotional guy, John. We talked about that last week, but well, no, but you know. well, at the moment, what is the advantage of bringing in Bridgewater, a man who's not played for a year and a half? I mean, you know, and he's played in the playoffs, and they've not won. You look at their neck. They've got some. They've got three games. tough games. Then they uh, they've got they play the Lions in the early Thanksgiving game. Then they play the Falcons, the Panthers. But then they have the Bengals and the I think Green Bay before finishing at uh, I can't see it here. I saw it, but the Bears. So yeah, I guess if you wanted to test out Bridgewater, give him. Week 15, week 16, see what he's like. But. Yeah, so I don't think there's any harm in that whatsoever. Whatsoever. I, I think, and if Keenum loses, they, they he could even easily be in a week before that as well. So I, I think it's perfectly reasonable for that franchise to make that call. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, no, I, 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 I've just been a fan of Keenum this year. I think he's, from what was expected, I think he's going to... I've got no bad for Keenum. It's not me being arsehole or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just saying. I think it's reasonable. Uh, and if you look at it in an, in a less emotional way, and you look at the resources that you have and what you are trying to achieve, then I think that's a reasonable thing to come out with. So, and no one has actually come out and said it except for Michael putting it out there. But I think that would be a reasonable and actually quite an astute thing to do, possibly. But he's not a fashionable quarterback, is he? Keenum. Yeah. No. But I think that, that's it's not about that for me. For me, it's about understanding the options that you have. And Mike, me and Mike disagreed on it whether the Jags should trade to get Eli Manning because he thinks teams should try and win the Super Bowl when they have a chance to win the Super Bowl. And if you look at it in the same way as that, and I didn't agree that Eli Manning was the answer, but trading for a quarterback, I didn't totally disagree with, but not Eli Manning. And this is the same thing. If the Vikings are going to have a chance and they don't need to win those last two games... And they can actually just take Keenum in and put him back out. What is the harm? And if Keenum gets released at the end of this season, which is what he seems to do every year, he could be an option to go to the Jags, couldn't he? Well, I don't see Keenum getting released. If if they decide that Keenum isn't the way forward, then Keenum gets traded. I would agree. I think next year it's Teddy plus one, probably not Bradford, and probably not Keenum. But... I would roll with Keenum unless he is abortionate in two games in a row. Uh, we should move on. Yeah. It's nearly my bedtime. Wow. Pussy. Uh, it's, it's, uh, Redskins at the Saints. The Saints march on. Um, 34-31 in a uh, overtime win. Um, did you steal my Saints march on that I managed to fuck up last week, John? You did, I did. I, I just wanted to get it in before you fucked up again, I'm sure. Um, compared to the, uh, the bomb of on that I've been this week. Um, so Cousins, You've made a right dadass out of yourself, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Redskins were leading before a great Saints comeback. Uh, but the Saints, uh, the Redskins did lose... Thompson um, to a leg break in a yeah. horrid uh, sort of accident. Um, did he also lose Doxson to an injury in this? Was it Crowder in the same? Did Crowder? Crowder. No, it was uh, Cousins, <laughs> wasn't it? Was it? It was Cousins and 
Thompson that collided. They were yep. forced together by two defenders. And ah. uh, and that's who then rolled up on uh, on Thompson's leg, which makes the fact that they managed to get is it we are going with P Ryan is that is P, P Ryan yes. P Ryan that is P correct, Ryan isn't that it? is what they say yeah um, yeah P Ryan looks like an even better pickup now doesn't he he does yes, yes uh, yeah someone nabbed him in our league last week I think it was a uh, Alan. I don't know. Alan's having a good season, so well done, Alan. You had a yeah. terrible season last year. They also had a bit. touchdown catch from a man called Jeremy Sprinkle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, everyone. It's a great name. Sprinkle and P. Ryan. They sound like <laughs> some sort of fucking pedo wing. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> what it made me think of. I have, um, a, lot, I have a lot of time anyway, to sit at work thinking by myself. Couple, couple Saints, of in- Saints were really good, weren't they? Yeah, they were really good, but a couple of interesting facts out of this one. Um, we touched a lot on Kirk Cousins, not touched him, but we touched a lot on Kirk Cousins and whether he's a franchise quarterback, especially with me being a 49ers fan and the ongoing speculation that we always get with Kirk Cousins. So I found a stat this week that Kirk Cousins has got 7,711 or about 13 yards since the start of last season and only one quarterback has thrown for more yards in that time who do, who do we think that is Drew Brees yeah Drew Brees yep correct with 8,000 yards so this was a game where two quarterbacks with the most yardages since last season were playing and actually you can see that from their respective figures Cousins 22 from 32 322 yards and three touchdowns Drew Brees, 29 for 41, 385 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. So if we go back to that question again of is Kirk Cousins a franchise quarterback, there are stats that can tell you that he is. But just don't look at the Redskins' win record to get that stat. But there are no, stats out look, there. Don't ever look at the win records. That's not fair on anyone. Um, speaking of Breeze, 11 of 11 for 164 yards and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. It was the Saints' largest fourth quarter comeback, 15 points down they were, with uh, three minutes to go. So that was impressive because he was a, a little bit nondescript up to that point. Uh, and then in overtime, Ingram, two carries, 51 yards to yep. set, set them up for the win. Ingram was amazing on the day. He was brilliant. 134 yards and a touchdown on 11 carries. Um, but for me, both for reality and fantasy purposes, Alvin Kamara is just brilliant. They, they took almost the whole game to get him involved. And then when they did, he was just explosive. He's just an amazing player. So at the moment, Mark Ingram is on pace for 1,536 yards this season. And Kamara is on pace for 1,404 yards. When was the last team to have two running backs that got over 1,400 yards in one season? I'm full of stats tonight. I've gone crazy on the stats. Uh, I don't know, but I'm going to say no one's ever done it. I'm going to say the Dallas Cowboys. Not the Dallas Cowboys. A team has done it in the one 80s. Team. In the 80s? Bears? I don't know. None of you will ever guess this team. No, I, the Houston Oilers. Houston Oilers, yeah, that's what... The Browns in 1985. I was just about to say that. Because <laughs> you're looking at his phone. With no. Ernest Biner and Kevin Mack. One got 1,462 and one got 1,401. So that shows that what they're doing has almost never been done before, never been heard of before. It's certainly an uh, impressive pairing. Since uh, Peterson was traded away, uh, Ingram has the most touchdowns any of any player he's got uh, 
eight since week six. <coughs> yeah, they certainly. There's more and more credence to this idea that the Saints are going to win it all, because Drew Brees, you'd think in his career, is going to win another one. We said this before the season started. He, he deserves to win one, and he's good enough to win one. And if you look at the other teams in contention, the Rams, the Vikings, the Patriots from the AFC, the Steelers, uh, I don't think you can put much between any of them. And you start narrowing it down to who's the best, most defining player Rodgers would be for the Packers if they were in the hunt. And you say Breeze is right up there. Breeze and Brady right at the top of that tree. Like, look at the other quarterbacks, Wentz, Goff, Keenum. Maybe not Roethlisberger's not been as good. But Breeze and Brady... You'd say that the Saints have got a really good chance. Oh, God, yeah. Um, and we were talking about it on Sunday um, a couple of weeks ago. We did our uh, who our prediction for Rookie of the Year. And none of us, we, all forgot, we all forgot Arvin Kamara. Yeah, that's, uh, it was a we a fucked mistake up. on our we Yeah, fucked we up. fucked up. I went for Marshall Lattimore, though. I went we, for a Saint. I, would, I go in for Lattimore as well, uh, who looks superb uh, week in, week out. Had they missed him this week? Mm. So, the defence allowed 12.3 points per game over its last four contests, but gave up 31 without Lattimore. Yeah, he makes a big difference. Uh, he's certainly been um, making them tick, I think is the expression. That's the sound in the background there of Gary opening another drink. He might be very... He's, he hasn't got Brian Hoyer or the 49ers to moan about this week, yeah. but I'm sure he'll find something. I think if you look at... So, they had the 0-2 start, didn't they? They did. And they're the first team to win their next eight games in the Super Bowl era. Yeah, it's pretty damn impressive. Uh, they, For me, um, exemplary play all round, whether it's running backs, defence, quarterback, everything has been going well. So, um, you know, you've got to say the coaches have done a brilliant job of turning it around. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, let's, let's move on, because I think we could just wax lyrical about the uh, Saints. You can probably just go over the next game fairly quickly and not worry about it. But why have <sighs> the Saints moved up from sixth in my power ranking? That's what I don't <laughs> understand. Snapshot. So, someone who would probably be falling in everyone but Paul's power rankings is the Chiefs, who uh, went to MetLife Stadium, came away with an L. Yes, they lost 9-12 to to the mighty New York Giants, uh, who... Uh, Jonas Jenkins turned up at the end picked off uh, Alex Smith twice um, yeah and uh, Eli no I mean no touchdowns but no picks the only person who was picked off this week was Shane Vereen on a fake punt I think was it I believe so yeah um, I think yeah, first first New York Giants to be uh, that's not Eli Manning to be picked off since 2013 Wow, yeah, who was the last one? Don't know. I didn't think. I didn't look into that. Well, um, can you look into it now? Um, uh, this was the first Curtis game of the season. Painter. Oh yeah, he was rubbish. This was the first game of the season where Smith threw uh, zero touchdowns and the first multiple pick uh, game for him uh, this season. His last two interception game was 2015 Week 17 versus Oakland. So he's been damn protective of the football up until this point. Um, the Chiefs don't look good anymore, do they, people? Well, they do not look good. They uh, cannot uh, get uh, chunk plays. There's no explosiveness I left think, in them. I think the teams have sort of figured them out a little bit. I think Hunt isn't quite as good as they thought he would and would be. And I think 
actually they've built the offence around him a lot and teams seem to have figured out how to stop him reasonably quickly is it that he's not as good or is it that they've just worn him out because college seasons are only 10 or 12 games long it could be either but I said right at the start of the season is he the real deal or is he show real because when he was looking amazing in the first few weeks they were normally one or two plays per game he was running in for some 50 yard touchdowns and actually I said he wasn't really running the ball like a traditional running back and if you look this week 18 attempts for 73 yards now he got the ball a lot but if that was mixing you'd be saying he's not going far enough each time you know what's, what's, the, what's the averaging 3.3 there something like that it's it's a it's well a Giants team who have struggled against the run. Yeah, and then I think Smith is is Alex Smith, you know, and he, he's never been good enough. And people can say that he is, but he's not. Paul can say that he is, but he's not good enough. He's never been good enough. And yes, he protects the ball, and yes, he can win a number of games, but he's never going to win a Super Bowl, never. He will this year, though. <laughs> I mean, the wheels are coming off the bandwagon. But I'm sat at the front of the bandwagon. <laughs> Watching it burn. Dragging your ass along the floor, <laughs> apparently. Um, Dragging your reputation along with it. What uh, reputation? I, 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 was gonna say, so. I have a reputation. Um, the catch from Lewis oh, for the Giants superb. where he was sliding along, speaking of sliding along the floor on your ass. That was a great catch, right? It was a, it was a Griff-esque. Yes, I'd like to think so, although he did actually catch it and hold it, which is you know, not so Griffith. I'd like to think he also wouldn't have got an email from the News Valley Eagles afterwards. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, they didn't want me back. They've not really? Well, I don't know, I didn't get an email. No, nah, or me. Well, anyone would think that you don't have the right athletic prowess. It's a shame. Never mind. Um, I think if, the thing that... Are we going to have to realise that Orleans Darkwood is a reputable running back? We're going to have to realise that Orleans Darkwood is the best running back on the Giants. That's all. If he went yeah. somewhere else, he's a third choice running back. But he's he's getting half decent stats, isn't he? Yeah, because they're feeding him the ball. Twenty twenty uh, rushes for seventy four yards and a score. Yeah, he's doing all right. He's doing all but right. if you put him in, say, the Eagles' backfield, where does he rank with uh, Blunt, Ajayi, Clement, Sproles when he's fit, Barner? I think is the other one. But there's third best. I'd probably say there's about fifteen running backs in the league could be behind all those. Probably, and he's one of them. Oh. I, I don't. I don't think he's that great. I think on the day it was nice to see the Giants' defense actually show some pride. They yeah. played really well. I don't know how much of it was to do with the fact that Apple was an inactive. I'd say some of it because he's been awful. He's been awful. It was a brave decision to bench a was he second round pick, first mm. round pick. A brave decision to do that, but it needed doing because uh, McAdoo is coaching for his job. And he probably needs another two wins to keep that job. Well, it, was, it was nice to see Landon Collins turn up. Yeah, it, it, all of them. They all the whole defense finally turned up. Yeah. Um, next week they play the Redskins. So loss. It's winnable. It's winnable. If then, your defense plays this well, that's winnable. Then Raiders. Then that's Cowboys, winnable. which is also winnable compared to what the Cowboys. You are could doing. win three in a row. Yeah. It doesn't seem likely, but I'd say you could win two out of those three. Yeah, and, definitely. And if the defence comes back, Jason Pierre-Paul's going to have a hand in that. <laughs> <laughs> Not much of one. <laughs> That's a much better joke than the earlier one. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> I would applaud you, but I've hurt my hand. <laughs> uh, Travis Kelsey, we should mention, eight receptions for 109 yards. He's been brilliant. He is the best thing left going for the Chiefs yeah, at the moment. He's yeah. the best tight end in the league, isn't he? This year, I think so, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, no. Well, should we move on? Yeah, let's, because I'm really looking forward to the next game. So, Bills Chargers. Where do we start with the well, Bills Chargers? Well, let's start Chargers. with the score. 24 to 54. Uh, the Bills came into this game 5-4 and four in the wildcard spot in the AFC. They no longer sit in the wildcard spot after conceding the most points the Chargers have put up since 1985 <laughs> because they ditched a man who had the third fewest receptions on the se- uh, interceptions sorry, on the season in Tyrod Taylor uh, and replaced him with a rookie fifth-round draft pick called Nathan Peterman who in the first half through five interceptions on 14 attempts and completed six of those for 66 yards no touchdowns and frankly was fucking horrendous um, does anyone have anything good to say about Nate Peterman before we move on to how disgraceful this franchise has treated it's good, it's good quarterback I'm sure it's a lovely bloke he got drafted there's not many other players who can say that is there well done him I hope he recovers from this I hope the management do not recover quickly from this. I've been rooting for the Bills all season to make the playoffs for the first time since 99, and now I kind of hope they fucking don't. Because that is a disgraceful way to treat a guy. He may not be a franchise quarterback, but he was dragging your sorry fucking franchise into the playoffs. He was playing really, really well. He'd only turned the ball, he'd only thrown three interceptions all season. And the Bills were plus 14 on the turnover market yeah, three weeks ago. They were leading the league, weren't yeah, they? plus 14, and now they're only plus 5 because of what's happened. Uh, Peterman's uh, debut was the worst since the AFL-NFL merger in 1970 for a pure quarterback. There was a guy in the 80s who was drafted as a quarterback-slash-punter and threw six interceptions on his debut. I misplaced his name, I apologise. Did he play a whole game, though? Because, obviously... He did play a whole game. Uh, Peterman was pulled at half-time. How did he make it to half-time? How did he make it onto the field in the first place? But how did he make it to half-time? That is... I think the coaches were hoping... to five interceptions. Really, after four, you go, now, wait a minute. I I might not (laughs) throw the ball anymore. But this is the point. All they've done is they've crushed Tyrod Taylor's confidence in the fact that the team already didn't seem to be that much behind him and now they're definitely not and they've crushed the guy that they might have wanted to replace him in the long run so what have you achieved I think there's more than just the quarterback play with this team isn't there because you look at the last two weeks they've been outscored 101 to 34 and they've given up something like 900 yards or 860 yards something like that like the defense is not doing its part it's just I mean Shady's playing really well 13 rushes 114 yards and a touchdown yep. he, he's been brilliant and when Taylor is there that's effectively two running backs you're trying to cover because yep. he's been brilliant running the ball he's the second leading rusher on the team I think that's the worry and I think that's potentially why they tried something different I don't think they should have done but potentially that was the reason why because they just felt that they maybe didn't have enough options in the passing game and if they don't think Tyrod Taylor is a passing quarterback maybe that's the, the, what's behind it I don't agree with it because I think for them they were having a good season and you know it was working for them. So I, I cannot get my head around this at all. Do you not go with what wins you games? A, yeah. a franchise that hasn't made the playoffs since '99. You go with whatever's winning. You don't care whether he's throwing twelve touchdowns a week or no touchdowns a week if he's running two in every game. Um, I think it's an appalling way to treat a very good quarterback. He he might not be the best quarterback but if he's looking after the ball which he is and he's capable of scoring which he is and this is effectively like the Panthers benching Cam 
Yeah. It, it's the same value to the franchise. Or Wilson being benched by the Seahawks. It's the same thing. He's like the slightly more poor man version of those two players. But on this franchise, he's the best quarterback they've had in years since they had Jim Kelly. Does anyone remember... What was the other guy's name? Uh, they had a good guy a few years ago, retired. I think he was a long-term Cowboys backup. But I can't... He was the only other one. I can't even remember his name. That's how insignificant he is, really. It'll come to me later. But Jim Kelly, and then no one, and then Tyrod, and then you've crushed it. And I think if you've got Tyrod coming back in, the next two weeks you've got the Chiefs and the Patriots. And they are not games you go into being comfortable. Because, you know, the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. (laughs) And the Patriots are also a very good team. Yeah, and then then the Chargers played well against a, a franchise that was just completely all over the place, didn't they? So Keenan Allen, who's had a bit of an up and down season, started well but has um, drifted off a bit. So I left him on my bench and um, twelve receptions for one hundred and fifty nine yards and two touchdowns, um, twenty eight points for you uh, you fantasy players out there. But um, and Gordon as well, you know, twenty rushes for eighty yards and a touchdown. They just they just owned the Bills, didn't they? It was simple yeah, as that. You know, they didn't the defense to, got on top. They didn't then, have to do anything really. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I just I can't. I couldn't get my head around why you'd make the change. And the coach said, "I felt this was the right game to make the change." Well, if that's your best coach's decision, it's probably time you look for another job. Yeah, and that's terrible. Uh, for the record, Taylor's running three touchdowns this year, so he's fourteen touchdowns to three picks on the season. That's good enough to get you in the playoffs, and that's all this franchise wants. So I, I believe Peterman was getting booed from the sixth minute of the game. That's, <laughs> yeah. not, that's not... It's just crushing the guy. I'm not, like, it's not his fault. No, but as well, a few of them, the, the early interceptions... The first were, interception was on the fullback. was on the full, And then I think a couple of them, you, you do wonder, oh, if, if, if they could have caught the fucking ball, they'd have been fine. But it's... It, it was just awful. It was just, it but was it's the coach. The coach crash. has made a bad, bad decision, and then he's hung the guy out to dry, and then turned around and gone back to Tyrod, who actually he grabbed eighteen fantasy points in one half of football when he came back in. I think he rushed for a touchdown, threw a touchdown, and a hundred and fifty odd yards. Like, imagine what he could have done to the Chargers in a full game. They probably win this game. They should have won that game easily. Yeah. He, they probably win the game with Tyrod Taylor, and. Now, if they don't make the playoffs, this is the point where they don't make the playoffs for the, whatever it is, 19th consecutive year, or I don't know, my maths is terrible, but... 18th. 18th, apologies. It's just, it just really fucked me off. Okay, so Bengals-Broncos. Yeah, it's a good one. Well, we're on to to another bad game, aren't we? No, it's alright, it's good. No, um, so Bengals 20, Broncos 17. Uh... The best thing about this game was that I stuck with a tight end for two weeks running, Tyler Croft, Croft. and he scored. Hooray! Yay! Guess what? I'm sticking with him next week because I think they're playing the Browns. Well, I let Croft go because I had Evan Ingram uh, and I'd, I'd stashed Greg Olsen and then I <laughs> traded away Greg Olsen uh, and I now have uh, nothing in my spare tight end, so I regret that. I picked up Delaney Warcroft for freeze this week. That was all right. Nine points, I think. Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so Mixon, 20 rushes, 49 yards. He was the only decent rusher on the Bengals. Uh, Bernard went backwards, minus four yards on his three or four carries. It's still not enough. Mixon could not get anywhere against a Broncos line, which is 
okay, but it's only okay. This was a this was two more the Bengals four and six and the Broncos are three and seven. This is two teams who are playing well below their potential, and I don't really know why. I think it comes down to coaching on both teams. Certainly with the Broncos, uh, we got the news tonight that Paxton Lynch is going to start. Good sneeze. Well done. Paxton Lynch apparently is going to start a quarterback for the Broncos. That'll be three quarterbacks in, what, six games that they've had? Yeah. Four games? Because, yeah, yeah, Osweiler's had three. So, four games. I don't get it. I, I can't understand why they think the quarterback is the only problem on this team. They've fired the offensive coordinator. Stick with the quarterback who was playing the best, which was Trevor Simeon. Simeon, yeah. 61.5% passing completions, nine touchdowns, ten interceptions. That's too many, granted. But Osweiler, 53%, three touchdowns and four interceptions. And Paxton Lynch is a rookie who's been injured all season, or virtually a rookie. I think he played one game last year. Yeah, maybe two at the end of the season. Okay, maybe. But he's inexperienced. What is he possibly going to bring to this team? More than Osweiler. You bring more than Osweiler. Well, there's a reason the Broncos fans call him Losweiler, isn't there? Look, there was a play where he was under pressure from... He was going to be sacked, and he just chucked the ball away. And how it wasn't picked off. How it wasn't picked off, and if if that was Eli, you'd be like, you know, fire him, you know, get him off this team. And... Yeah, so it makes uh, it doesn't surprise me that Osweiler isn't in, but the fact that it's Lynch coming back. Coming the only in. the only question is if they've decided that they've had a really good look at Simeon. Brock was just a little bit of a stopgap, and they think Lynch is the player for next year. Their season is done <coughs> at three and yeah, seven. He's gone. So if they've decided, you know, they potentially won't be able to draft a good quarterback. So if they've decided Lynch is their quarterback for next year, then why wouldn't you play him? So. Um, we, you know, obviously the offensive coordinator is gone as well, so they're having to rip up. And I, I saw something as well saying that apparently Demarius Thomas was even um, yeah. sort of uh, mooted yeah. around for trades as well. So that that offense is about to be ripped apart, and most of that defense is about to retire in the next year to two years. The thing that gets me though, yeah, at three and seven, the, three and seven, the Broncos were saying they're out of it, right? But eight and eight is enough to sneak in the wild card. And the Chiefs are falling. The Chargers aren't brilliant. What's, what's their record? Four and six? They just scored 54 and, points. And the Raiders, yeah, against a terrible team. And the Raiders are four and six. So, actually, Broncos are not that far off the pace if the, they the Broncos, just made the right decisions. The Broncos are the second worst team in the AFC. Yes, but they have a chance because of the division they're in to well, make big gains because those other teams are not playing well next week they go to or well, this week coming up they go to Oakland uh, you know, which Oakland team's going to be they, I don't know but then they uh, the bad one or the shit one I'm just looking I can't see them good podcasting uh, well done so you're looking for week 13 John I am oh they go they, they, they uh, go to Miami and then they've got the shitty Jets. And they have the shitty Jets. So all those are winnable games. Colts. But, why, you're not but the Chiefs will win some games. <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, the Chiefs will get into the playoffs because they won't win the Super Bowl, pool, but they will get into the playoffs because that division is terrible. And the Chargers will win more games than the Broncos. If you think any team's going to come through in that division and take that it's spot, the Chargers. it's I agree. the Chargers. I agree. So I'm just the, saying the season isn't dead. The Broncos season is dead. 
it shouldn't is, be. It is. But it, it is. shouldn't be. At three and seven, decision. it should be. If as they well. just start with Simeon, I think they'd be four and six or five and five. Okay. I don't think he was playing that bad. It was they had no running game all of a sudden. Potentially, but I think it is dead. Most of the nails are in that coffin. Yeah, agreed. Anderson has fallen off a cliff. Uh, Performance-wise, what, what did he get? He's thirteen rushes, thirty-seven yards. Yeah, now, that that was the best result he's had for a few weeks, uh, uh, and he spends seems to spend most of his time uh, responding to people on Twitter, telling them that no, no, I'm not shit, <laughs> despite the fact that he's shit. Have you been trolling him again? No, but uh, every time I see you should. Shall we mention the Dre Kirkpatrick hundred-four-yard oh. pick? That he made from one end zone to almost the other one before he fumbled Hello. the ball, fell on his ass and got touchdown. 104 yards, record for not scoring a touchdown. How the fuck do you run 104 yards and not score a touchdown? It's, it was... It was brilliant. It was brilliant. I've, I've rarely laughed that much. Uh, but it was... Uh, I can't think of um, the bloke, but uh, the Bears, when he started to celebrate before he got... Oh, with Vance McDonald just... Passed it out. out that was the only thing that me laughed more this season was he's he beaten all those players and he somehow dropped it I mean if we're talking about laughter this season surely doing a Julio is still kind of up there doing a Julio is still right <laughs> yeah. up there but this was just he only dropped the ball because he was too busy looking behind him yeah. just keep running you're yeah. fine you're fine mate but no well let's, let's, that's as much as I want to talk about that uh, <laughs> shit show so uh, let's move on to uh, Patriots at the back Raiders. to scat videos again Shit show. Um, Patriots 33, Raiders 8. Game play. In Mexico. Game play in Mexico. Brady, once again, 339 yards, always above 300. Uh, Derek Carr, 237 for one touchdown and a pick. Um, for, the, for, the, for the Patriots, Lewis, 60 yards of 10. Attempts, Burkhead, didn't have a good game. Uh... He had a, a fumble. Yeah, and then he, he, he fumbled on his then second carry. Then and then he dropped a pass. Dropped a couple. Yeah. I, I think he'll be back because I think Belichick... I think Brady really likes him from what I gather. I think he will be in trouble first, though. I think you might find next week he's not involved so much. Because James White has basically been superseded by Burkhead. Running back friend. <laughs> Although I think Lewis has, has had a good couple of games as well. Hasn't yeah, he? it's been the brilliant. Two or three yeah. Since they basically made him the number one back, he's played like a number one back. So you can't really ask for more out of him than they're getting. Amandola was brilliant. Uh, eight receptions, 66 yards, and a touchdown. Did you see the communication between Brady and Amandola on the touchdown? Where Amandola basically looked over and went, I can't remember what I'm supposed to do. And Brady ran the route for him with his hands. And sure enough, that's where he threw the ball to. It was brilliant. It was like, <laughs> okay, all right, fine. Well, you guys just do that. And Brandon Cooks, six receptions, 149 yards and a touchdown. That relationship is now brilliant. Oh, superb. Brady now has the, well, he already had, but he's just increased it, the longest active streak of pass attempts without interception. Anyone got a guess on how many he's up to? Well, he's only thrown two interceptions on the season. So I'm going to say he's now thrown... 220 pass attempts Not quite About 169 oh, okay. Pass attempts well, nice. Fair enough so, he's But he leads the league In terms of so, But it just shows again You know Where the Patriots are at 22 touchdowns And two picks He's he's the leader again On ratio For touchdowns To interceptions That would be the third year running If he wins it 
He just seems to be getting better. I mean, you think he's going to play to what forty-five? Didn't he say? That's what he says. I mean, it's it's good to see that the NFL is expanding as well because haven't they? After this, they've committed to doing a game in Mexico once a year For, till two thousand twenty-one. <laughs> 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 no one saw that coming. <laughs> the, uh, the mariachi pharaoh over there. It was from the Free Amigos, wasn't it? It's the Mexican hat dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Raiders are the first team since at least 1933 to go 10 games without an interception. And next week they play Paxton Lynch. This week they play Paxton Lynch. You'd think this is their best chance to get one. 10 games without an interception is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, if they don't, if they don't pick, uh, pick off Paxton Lynch, then just. As a defence, give up. Yeah, you'd think. Um, the turning point, really, was the Seth Roberts lost fumble at the Patriots' five-yard line. Uh, all he had to do was fall down, and then you can't be, you know, can't lose the ball. But he yeah. tried to spin round and gain a yard, got the ball punched out, and that could have been uh, 17-10 at halftime, and he said it was like 20-0. Yeah, it just it wasn't really a game, was it? You know, and the the Raiders' defence is terrible. So terrible, the Raiders' de- defensive coordinator, Ken Norton, has now been sacked, we found out tonight. We did. So um, it just shows their season has been a massive disappointment. Them and the Bucks, and the Bucks might even have more wins than them now. It's That's the how same. Bad it's They're been. both on four and six. It's so they've both been terrible. Yeah, I mean, like we've just been saying about the AFC West, I can't see the Raiders making the playoffs now. I think the Chargers are a much better team than the Raiders at the moment. Um, so I don't see them finishing second behind the Chiefs. You look at that Raiders defense. There's, they've made the right choice getting rid of that defensive coordinator because you see the individual ingredients you've got. So, Callum Mack, Bruce Irvin, Navarro Bowman, Reggie Nelson. They got Navarro Bowman. We've never made a point of it on this. Hasn't really helped them, has it? So, fuck but, you, Raiders. <laughs> fuck you, Perry. Yeah, still fucking lost. Although Cooper did score, so yeah, you're my Cooper, Cooper did score, and then did fuck all else for the rest of the game. Literally, he was like the seventh receiver on their list of receiving <laughs> players. Yeah. He's, I imagine Steve had you know very quietly celebrated Cooper's uh, <laughs> Cooper's uh, t- touchdown. Scooper, Scooper, Scooper. <laughs> that's right. Is that what they call him now? That's what I've called. Do you reckon him. there's any weeks we've done this podcast where John hasn't mispronounced a person or a place? Scooper, I like it. <laughs> Not in the last two weeks. As uh, in pooper scooper. Yes, King Scooper, King uh, King Cooper, isn't it? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. I was thinking of Mario. Oh, we've gone well off piece here. I haven't got a fucking clue what's going on. You're thinking of Princess Peach. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, know, I know what you think of, but I can't remember the name of it. For yeah. me, that's good podcasting. Anyway, Brady, first man to get 300 yards on three continents. So Yeah, go him. He's not bad, that lad. No, technically, uh, three countries. Three countries, yeah. Two continents, Central three America countries. Central America is part of North America. He, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Mexico. He's not, he's not bad, that lad. Uh, England and the USA. But, yeah, he's all white. He, he, might, he might have a career. Um, let's move on, though. Uh, big Eagles, game. Big Eagles, game. Eagles 37, Cowboys 9. And the Cowboys are just Stunk. going off a cliff. Absolutely. Cowboys stunk. in the two weeks without Zeke, 16 points, three lost fumbles from the quarterback, one touchdown, three interceptions, 12 sacks conceded, which also is more to do with Tyron Smith being absent at the same time, and two defeats in two games. 
Yep. Wow. This I I thank you very much, Paul. Paul has just proved that somebody called King Cooper existed within Mario. Not your stepdad. Because that's where I thought you were going originally. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> we all thought you were talking about actual Mario, because that's his name. Um, the Prescott was sacked in the first nine games ten times. Yeah. Since then, he's been sacked 12. 12 times. It's, clearly, that's making a difference. But I did say, much earlier in the season, maybe game three or four, I didn't think Prescott was anything special without Zeke. And... Everybody said, well, you know, he's playing really well. He was leading the touchdowns to interceptions at the time. He has to learn to play without his number one running back. Players like Brady, Breeze, um, Peyton, when he was playing, they played with a lot of players as their careers went on because people go in and out of teams with injuries and they were consistently good. Dak hasn't got the experience to do that yet and this is more of what I expected to see of him without Zeke. I think it's Zeke missing, and there's a big now hole in the offensive line, isn't there? Yeah, that, that's what we're saying with Smith missing. But I don't know. He doesn't. I mean, <laughs> you see the difference it makes, and I know. Oh yeah, so definitely. Example, if you look at Russell Wilson, he makes plays even though they haven't got the greatest offensive line in in Seattle. But that is a rarity. Most quarterbacks, if they have a poor offensive line, and especially if they lose one of the best players, they get destroyed. Forty ers when we lost Staley. Then, you know, Bethard... Wentz is playing without Jason Peters, who was his best offensive lineman, and he was superb. He only needed to put other than 168 yards. But then I don't yards. know what their depth is like at their offensive line. It may no, be slightly better, but, you know, clearly that has caused... The two the two things as a combination yeah. have caused a problem. And, I, and I'm a big fan of Dak, and, I you know, I'm surprised. And um, Look, I like him. I think he's going to be a very long-term quarterback. I think he's a, a, I think he's a proper solution at quarterback. But I think this is uh, this is what you get when you take away the toys from a good player, and he's not yet good enough to make up for that. And I think it's it's a bit of a, a harsh statistic to start throwing around because this is a good Eagles team. Oh, very good. This is an Eagles team that's moved up to second in my power rankings behind the Chiefs now. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles have scored 30 points in a half twice this season. The Bears, Browns and Giants haven't put up 30 since 2015. Wow, so John. so well shit, done, them. Yeah. Um, and four running backs for the Eagles scored either 50 yards or a touchdown. So that's Clement, Barner, Ajayi and Blunt. That is monstrous as a backfield. So, yeah, the Eagles, I, well, when we do our power rankings, unless something... Catastrophic happens. They've got to be number one. Yeah. I would think on everyone Everybody's. except Paul's list. Yeah. If you look at the nine and one teams in the history of, since the Super Bowl era, fifty teams have, have reached that mark. None have missed the playoffs. Twenty-three have made the Super Bowl. Yeah. So they're a solid second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the who they, they've got the Bears uh, weekend. That's a win. Then the Seahawks. That's a win. Then what the, the Eagles is this? Eagles. Yeah. And the Rams. And the Rams. That's that's a tight game. I think we looked we did in the half time look at some more percentages and I think they had sort of a ninety nine point nine percent chance of making the playoffs. Um and the Cowboys now are down to about forty percent, wasn't it? So um, I think they were down to fourteen. Was it was it, was it even lower? It yeah. was fourteen, I think. Yeah. So I mean the Eagles the, the Eagles are definitely gonna win that division. They've won it already, basically. 
it's whether or not the Cowboys are good enough to be the wild card in that conference. I don't think they're going to be. I've got no confidence no. In, in them anymore. I think they're missing out this year, and I don't think they get to 500 either. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think um, if they're in the AFC, they'd have a chance. But in the NFC, there's too many teams ahead of them. You know, they're not going to have a better record between the end of the season and now than Seattle, Detroit or Atlanta. That's not going to happen. Agreed. I can't see it. I think I think they'll be way off the pace. Because when Zeke back, the penultimate game? Yeah, and then that comes back to that question again. is Did they take that at the right time? No, they didn't. You know, they but they never just... thought they were going to have to take it, did they? Well, no. It's quite funny. And he comes, it is. He comes back for the last game where they play the Eagles again. Yeah. And <laughs> they, in all fairness, they probably lose with him anyway, yeah. but they don't lose this badly. No. Should we move on? Uh, final game, uh, Monday night, uh, Falcons 34, Seahawks 31. Did anyone pick this as a result for the Falcons? I would have. Uh, when I saw Cam Chancellor's, Chancellor's, Chancellor's out, uh, out I, I thought, ooh, the, you know, if uh, if Falcons are going to win, it'll be this time because without the that secondary of Sherman and uh, and Chancellor, I did worry with the Seahawks won't be as good. But then. I, yeah, I was a bit. I, I still would have thought the Seahawks probably would have won, but they didn't. I think it shows because Matt Ryan's been an interception machine this season. Yeah, how many games does he have without an interception? Two, including this one. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it definitely makes a difference. The Seahawks are so beaten up now in defence. The one good thing about their team that they have to start slipping back now in the race for the wild card because. You cannot keep this up. You cannot keep performing every week, losing your best defensive players. And I think this is... It wasn't the defining thing, because really, they should have gone to overtime. And Blair Walsh missed a field goal, which is his fifth miss on the season. He's only kicking at 77%. No, but when you lose by three, and you go to fake a f- one where you're 35 yards out... Yeah, uh, that was ridiculous. I don't know what that coaching decision was about. But the fact that at the end of the game they could have taken it to overtime, yeah, I don't know. I think Walsh is on. I think he's done. I'll be surprised if they haven't found another kicker by next week. Yeah, but fifty-two yards is asking a lot for a bloke who's, who's uh, career long is forty-nine. 49. Yeah, I think um, the other the other big question is is Russell Wilson enough to get this team to the Super Bowl or not even into the playoffs, let alone the Super Bowl? But because it if you, it is only Russell Wilson, isn't it? Yeah. You know, that is all they have now. A bit of Jimmy Graham and the odd bit of Doug Baldwin. That is it on that team. I think he is if the defence is fit. But now the defence isn't fit, I don't think he is. Because so you can't it do is an interesting question for you. What percentage of scrimmage yards is Russell Wilson responsible for in rushing and throwing for the Seahawks this year? 35. But, um, no, because, like... Um, I've got it. I've got the, the this, this week's stats for his um, rushing. Uh, the running backs had 15 carries for 50. Russell Wilson had five carries for 60 and a rushing touchdown. So he's responsible for 100 percent of the passing yards. Mm-hmm. Clearly, I'd say 80. Uh, yeah, I'd say more than that. 86. 82.8 percent of all yardage that have been actually gained by the Seahawks this year are responsible and to. To Russell Wilson, that yes. is ridiculous. Um, yeah, uh, I don't think he can keep that it up. Is without a no, that is not sustainable. No, absolutely not. No, I, I agree. 
I think um, the fact that the Falcons won without uh, Freeman is good for them. Coleman played really well. 20 attempts, 43 rushes, and uh, sorry, on 43 yards on 20 attempts and a touchdown. Did enough. Julio, 71 yards. No touchdowns again. Fucking Julio. He's not. <laughs> but they did enough. It was just field goals mostly, wasn't it? So, um, and Claiborne got a, uh, yeah. six, a, a six touchdown last week. Yeah. Six points this week. Yeah, he did very You've well. You've been waiting all day, sir, have, haven't you? I have. <laughs> He's uh, well past Vic Beasley now as the lead uh, sack machine, if you like. I was reading What's funny about the word machine? His, um, Nothing. His performance last week, I think, because he's on bonuses for sacks and stuff, he earned $750,000. Is that like taking scalps? <laughs> Anything to add, Paul? No. My favourite thing is the sound of one man laughing to his own joke. <laughs> <laughs> I get that a lot. I don't mind. I'm used to that. So, here you go. Going back to what Gary said, um, Russell Wilson, this season... 56 carries for 350, 350 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, how many rushing yards has Lacey McKissick and Davis got combined? Less than 100. 270. But only one rushing touchdown for the three of them. And Rawls has done bugger all as well. And yet, because of injuries, Rawls will be the number one again next week. Yeah. It's shocking. I, it's, it's 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 so poor. You know, you can't you can't. Wilson deserves to be on a better team than this. Yeah, injuries haven't helped, but it's another team a bit like Green Bay who haven't done enough at the running back position. And I don't, I don't know how. You, I know it's a passing league, but without a running game, you can't pass the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's also issues around what they've done with their receivers. So I think they've been so focused on defense. I think it's something we've said on previous week reviews, isn't it? That you know, getting rid of Jermaine Curse. He isn't a he isn't your number one, but he's someone solid who you'd have in, in your team. He's they didn't really replace him with anything. No, agreed. I Jimmy Graham stepped up from time to time. The last few weeks, the last yeah. two or three weeks, he's yeah. actually started getting targeted a bit more. Mm. Um and certainly well, I, th- I think only one player's got more uh, receiving touchdowns than him this Well year. yeah, he scored two last week. For his 19 yards, didn't he? Um, but obviously this week he's, he got a few more yards, 50 odd yards, and another touchdown. And I think at least two weeks before that he got to yeah. another touchdown. So yeah, he must be on four or five touchdowns for the season now. So I think he's got more than that. Maybe six. Maybe more. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think six at the least. But um, yeah, uh, but there's really little else unless it's Doug Baldwin. Um, there's no one else making huge yards at that. Seven touchdowns so far this season. One more than last season already. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. And five more than the season before. Anything else? He was a lot better at the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, should, we, should we move on from that one? I think you can, you're coming towards the end. You're yeah. rapidly approaching the light at the end of the tunnel. So... Uh, uh, Gary, come to you first. Any significant results there? Yeah, I think the Cowboys is probably the most. So and the Eagles, not so much really, because you know they just keep marching on again. Although they're not the Saints, um, <laughs> but um, the Cowboys, you know, at times they look like one of the best teams in the league when they have everything available to them. They look superb at times, but with a couple of key pieces missing, they now look 
very very average and they sit very much in the middle of the league now so um, yeah I think that that's probably their season almost done not totally but almost uh, Griff well, I think I'll take the Steelers <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to take the AFC East the Bills getting destroyed and the Patriots destroying the Raiders because I think this was the last week where the Bills could seriously say if we win we could still catch the Patriots because they're playing them twice and it could have been done but now not so much the Bills have crucified their quarterback room and Tom Brady looks pretty much unstoppable it was his 82nd game for 300 yards this week really yeah wow so yeah they're the two results I would say are significant Paul why is it Steelers so yeah I'll start with the Steelers (laughs) Um, for me it's the Broncos because that is a team just in free fall yeah I'm not going to give you any more rationale to it I think the Broncos is a significant yeah I I picked the Cowboys last week and they've not got uh, they've just continued to get worse but as a Giants fan it was nice to see uh, us get a second win this year big up Rosas yeah exactly although if he wouldn't have missed his uh, field goal uh, his uh, point after after the touchdown we wouldn't have had to go to overtime so but um yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, just yeah, the Chiefs. So the season's sort of dismantling, so they need to they need to get a win over the next couple of weeks to reinvigorate that. They're going to get a win over the Super Bowl, so I wouldn't worry. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, happy to see a Giants win uh, and take us, give us a two point two win cushion over those uh, perpetual losers in Cleveland. Sorry, Adam. Um, so, any particular highlights? plays of the week that you, you really enjoyed I think for me it's, it's got to be Roger Otto Lewis whatever their first name they're calling him it has to be that catch it was phenomenal yeah, I, 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 I'd agree with that it was superb yeah the Lewis catch the Wallace catch the touchdown the one handed catch and the Drake Patrick fuck up for me Gary was there anything that you particularly stood out for you this, this week I didn't see that much actually this week. Um, my wife made me watch some terrible on ITV that restarted, um, so I missed some of the some of the games. Oh my word! Well, it's um, got windy enough that it's just ripped the door open to the <laughs> yeah. dogs. Cam Newton, he's found you, Gary. Excuse me um, while I shit my pants. So yeah. <laughs> There's two guys that I don't think ever hang out together. <laughs> Brian Hoyer and Cam Newton. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, so now I suppose I didn't really have um, too many highlights, really. It was um, mainly lowlights. So Paul beat me on uh, fantasy, so it's probably a weekend I'd rather forget. Well, I lost to uh, Steve, so... Uh, I won for only the third time this season. Hooray! It seems we, own, we, we, we only win when both of us win. Yes. Hooray! Hooray! And I'm unbeaten against Gary in two seasons now. Hooray! It's the only game I win. So I also, also want to say, significantly enough, was Drew Brees' performance in the last few minutes of the, the fourth quarter and overtime. He was immense. He was very good. Uh, for me, um, no, uh, it wasn't really. All the words, all the words. Come on, we're nearly there. Wind him up, Gary. Wind him up. Come on. No, it's... um. Ow. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I, um, <laughs> I've got a new segment for the show. 
It's going to be called Roughing the Passer, where we ask questions, and if you decide to pass on the answer, we will give you a punch in the arm. Uh, nice, I like it. Um, uh, Lynch, uh, who had a nice comeback this week. Uh, Lynch, yeah. That's terrible. Uh, who, um, yeah, he sat for the... Uh, he sat for the American anthem um, and uh, got called out by by President Trump. That is a fight I'd like to see. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, Chuck, uh, Lynch had a nice tweet this week saying uh, a lot of a lot of people boycotting the NFL seem to be watching the NFL this week. So uh, uh, and then his mum uh, went and tweeted <laughs> Donald Trump. Uh, so uh, off the pitch, but didn't Richard Sherman tweet at the Bills? Uh, to say that he yeah. couldn't believe they'd replace his boy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he's a... As I believe he's a Tyrod fan, and he basically then just slated him for the rest of the game. Good. Yeah. They deserve it. Um, so, Paul, have you, got a, have you got a Cleveland frown for us this week? I think one thing that kind of got to me this week, it's just having a look at how kickers are treated in the NFL. It's a specialist position, and you seem to have such a low tolerance for mistakes. A short leash. Absolutely. So you look at Blair Walsh, made two bad games. Yeah, two bad games, yeah. Likely to get released? Yes, I would say he's likely to get released. Connor Bath? Released, got released. Yeah, yeah, he's not been great this season. I just think, I haven't really even got a pun for it. Young Hui Koo, was that his name? It was a Korean fella. Yeah, that guy, yeah. That guy. The so Korean you don't want to try it either. You don't know what his name was. The Korean Missile. Um, <laughs> I assume he just fell flat into the sea. Let me just look it up. Korean, and and uh, who else has been kicked out? Oh, uh, oh, our famous friend before the start of the season at the Bucks. Aguayo. Aguayo. Yeah, I mean, he was shit though. He was rubbish. But um, I think if you look at the amount of time that certain quarterbacks will get the ability to make mistakes and make mistakes and make mistakes and you know it's unless you're Tyrod Taylor yeah unless you're Tyrod Taylor but you look at yeah but is it because he's rubbish no it's probably because of something else I love the way you looked at me like don't say that <laughs> please don't say that but you look at someone like but if you had said it, it I wouldn't have denied it because I kind of agree with you so you just look at there's, there's some players who've had careers out of not playing well but you take this this Korean kicker at the Chargers one bad game probably ruined his reputation for life was it one bad game I think the thing with the kickers is there's a lot of them because they all go undrafted after college so more easily replaceable than a quarterback or an offensive lineman plus you don't need to go through a playbook kick the ball aim between the yellow sticks so they can, they're can. they very transferable. And if you just decide you don't like them anymore, they're easily cuttable. So um, it is what it is. They get paid a lot of money to kick a ball three times a week. So I think that's one of the risks that come with it. The ones that have gone, apart from Santos, who was dropped because of injury, um, it's they're in teams where three points is the difference between getting to overtime at least yeah look how many games the Chargers lost by three points and that kicker was letting them down every week Connor Uh, Bath this week he you know he shanked I mean it was a long kick like Blair Walsh you know he had a long kick Um, I think what you're saying is fair to a point because Deshaun Kaiser's still out there playing Um, 
but it is because there's just so many of them that you don't need to keep one hanging around on a load of money when you can bring in the next guy. So I, it's hard to feel sorry for them because they make so much money despite you know what is happening. And they don't keep them on reserve, do they? You know, they go because no. you do not need two kickers, and that's the difference. Other people get dropped when they don't perform, but they don't lose their job because... I believe for years the Bills had two kickers. They had one guy who just did kickoffs and one guy who did field goals. And I don't know why, but I, I'm sure, I, uh, until recently, until the last couple of years, I'm sure that's what they had. Sounds like they probably nicked that idea off the Browns or something. <laughs> but it just, I just found it amazing in terms of like coming in. I'm, I'm my, my knowledge of the NFL isn't the greatest, which has been shown repeatedly for our weekly reviews. But just yeah, in terms of somebody who has a specialist job, comes in and does one job, there's such a low tolerance for, for mistakes. But yeah, I think it's because there's such a when it goes wrong it costs teams you know it can cost them hugely so so do you want me to come I, up with a crap pun for it if you can think of one in the next six seconds no I, I can just see Gary looking at me like if I make one he's going to kick me out of it fair enough so um, should we take a knee at this point uh, thanks for listening guys uh, just Ooh. just to follow up my point his name was Jordan Gay and he played with the Bills from 2014 to 16 as a kickoff specialist Fair enough. He's in the league, isn't there? You've got Jordan Gay and William Gay at the Steelers. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gay's in the league. Well, uh, whatever happened to Michael Sam? I don't know what made that pop into my head. He, I was looking this up because I would really like to have a chat with him uh, on the, the a chap with him chat chat right. Because uh, when, when we were putting at the start of this, we put together a list of people we'd like to talk to. Uh, in, so we had. Uh, Dom Mulback from Kate Middleton Well no no But football related Sam Quek Sam if you're listening we'd yeah, be, Sam Quek if you are We'd be very happy To have you on the show Yeah uh, I'd like to have her On the show as well um, But yeah You'd like to have her On this pool table Wouldn't you How dare you But yeah Dom Mulback was one We, we kind of fancy yeah, Snapper And one of them Was Michael Sam And uh, he went to Canada And he's now Struggling with depression which is not a great story. But, uh, yeah. Uh, so, but, yeah, yeah. Michael Sam, if you're listening, we <laughs> could get in, get in touch. Um, but, yeah, so thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with our review of week 12, the and a Thanksgiving uh, weekend. So there's two on Thursday. Um, and so, yeah, if, if set your, make sure you set your lineups early if you've got a Vikings or a Lions fan. Um, <coughs> but yeah, yeah, we're on we're on social media. We are at, at Belichick's World on Twitter, we're on Facebook at Bill Belichick's World Podcast. We are on our website www.billbelichicksworld.com. Or send a yeah if you are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please uh, give us a five star review. And uh, uh, you don't have to say anything; just say you're following instructions. We just we just need the reviews. Um, but yeah. Uh, and yeah, we'd love to get into, get to talk to you guys and interact. But whatever, whatever the result, it's always Bill Belichick's world. So it's a good night from me, Griff. Uh, it's good night from me, Four for Inches. Good night from me, Gilo. Yeah, good night, bitches. Yeah. Good night, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs>